Get more time to listen to yours truly by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus. Then, save up with the Fuel Rewards Program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. Today's opening tip, the Lakers had Lil Wayne as one of their virtual courtside fans last night. He tried to master a high five. It only went okay. I mean, uh, who else do you want to see courtside at the Laker game? Because we got some suggestions up on the screen. Jimmy Goldstein. What's a Laker game without Jimmy Goldstein? You got that right. Hey, you know, yeah. like a decade ago, I said hi to Little Wayne in the game, and he said, man, call me Wheezy. <laughs> Put Brian in the game then. Put Brian right next to him. That exchange is so perfect, I can't even follow it up. Welcome to The Jump. Thank I'm you. Rachel Nichols, joined by our front office insider, Amin Hassan, and live from the Cobra Dome, two-time New York Times bestseller, Brian Windhorst. Amin is very dressed up. That means this is going to be a good show. Coming up, with LeBron James out tonight, Russell Westbrook questionable tonight, who will score more points, Anthony Davis or James Harden? Stick around for a little jump ball, but first, let us update everyone on the big story of the day, Ben Simmons. The Sixers announced that he suffered a partial dislocation of his kneecap yesterday. He is out for the time being. Treatment options are being considered. Brett Brown said today that the Sixers will have a better sense of what timeline they might be following for Simmons over the next 24 hours. So, Brian, what's your reaction to this news? Oh, well, I got to uh, say, oh. Brian, go ahead. Well, I got to say, yeah, I got to say, um, this is just what a what a cursed season this has been for the Sixers. Just since October, it seems like they just can't get going, and this is such a setback. Uh, Brett Brown just talked about this a little while ago and was just really upset by it. Um, now this injury, uh, it's not the worst injury you can have. It's not good. Um, there have been guys who have missed. 10 days with this injury. There have been guys who have missed two months with this injury. Hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he's out for a long period of time. But at this point, any setback is tough, especially to an all-star player. Yeah, uh, the, the injury, uh, you know, I, I read what my buddy Jeff Stotts, who's one of the foremost injury experts at In Street Clothes on Twitter, and he talked yep. about the supplication. And basically the difference between that and, and a kneecap dislocation is the structural damage that happens around it. If it reverts back and there's not a lot of structural damage, it can be mild, like Brian said. Alan Crabb this year missed 11 days with the same type of injury. If there's more structural damage, though, then you might miss a lot of time. Uh, in the case of Andrew Bynum, about 12 years ago, he was supposed to miss eight weeks, ended up missing the entire rest of the season when he got uh, hurt in January. So it really depends on the, the, the extent of the damage around the patella. But here's the deal, Rachel. You know, they've got to find a way to continue to be productive without him, right? You can't hang your head. He's not going to be available. So now it's a next man up mentality. And luckily for them, I think there might be some opportunities there. Well, look, the constant discussion is how do Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play together, right? Well, sometimes they yep. are forced into a situation where that's no longer an issue. That has happened right now, and Joel Embiid dropped 30 points last night, leading the Sixers to a win even after Simmons left the game in the third quarter. Embiid averaging 33 points per game in the bubble, third highest of any player since the restart. So without Simmons, normally on any team, I mean, if you said you're going to lose one of your top two All-Stars, it's a huge blow. But with this unique situation with the Sixers, what does Simmons' injury mean for Joel Embiid? 
It's a weird thing about the Sixers. Obviously, he's a uh, Simmons is a big part. He's one of their best defensive players in the league. He's their primary playmaker, one of the best playmakers in the league. But what you're referring to, Rachel, is floor balance and a more balanced lineup and more shooting out there. And in some ways, that can be a more cohesive unit around Joel Embiid. You can use him as a facilitator more. I think he's an excellent passer who needs to get more touches at the elbow to make plays for other people. And so now, because Simmons isn't on the floor, there's a world of opportunities that normally aren't available when the two of those guys are together. Yeah, the other thing is uh, they have a really quality player to step in there. Al Horford most likely going back in to power forward. And while Al Horford has been up and down this year, in the bubble, when Al Horford has played with Joel Embiid, the Sixers have seen good things. The other thing is their first round possible opponent is the Celtics. The Celtics have difficulty defending big men. It is the weakness of their roster. We have seen it in this bubble. And Joel Embiid is going to get the ball a lot. So if you're going to switch to an offense to prepare for the Celtics, you might as well spend the next seven to 10 days feeding Joel Embiid the ball. And Joel wants that ball. He has made it clear he thinks the offense should run fully through him anyway. Well, now he's going to get his opportunity. And who knows, this may be actually something that sets them up for their series with the Celtics until Ben, uh, ben Simmons maybe can return from this injury. And I want to be clear, the Sixers are not a better team without Ben Simmons. He is an important, integral part of their operation. But it is a weird situation with their two superstars sometimes thriving without each other, and that is what Joel Embiid will have a chance to do. All right, I want to move on to Zion Williamson. He's been in the spotlight for how the Pelicans have been managing his minutes in the bubble. They are playing right now, and guys, he has 20 points in 16 minutes. He's averaging 18 minutes over the Pelicans' first three games, playing in as many as 25 minutes in the last game. So they're in action against the Kings. I'm going to get you some highlights here. Hmm. Take a look, Zion getting the start and his first bucket with the drive. Go ahead, big fella. No one Woo. wants to get in a charge there. No one wants to take that charge. <laughs> Bogdanovich hitting one of his many threes so far in the game. And then Zion with the dime to Derek Favors. Second quarter, we had Darren Fox with the alley-oop to Daquan Jeffries. Hit Daquan. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Euro, the dish, and then who else? Zion with the drive. All right, so Brian, how many minutes do you think Zion should play in this game? You've been talking for the last few days that the Pelicans do have a plan. So they went 15 minutes, 15 minutes. They were going to go more, but it was a blowout. And then 25 minutes. We're at this now fourth game. How many minutes do you expect? Yeah, it looks like Alvin Gentry has set this up to be a 25-minute game for Zion. He played him 10 minutes in the first half. And the idea would be that they would save them for the last five minutes of the game. Uh, hopefully that it, it's that close. Now, this game has been a disaster for the Pelicans defensively. They give up 50 points in the first quarter, and they give up 80 in the first half, and they give up 60%. They shot 60% as a team, and we're losing at halftime. So whoever is out on the floor has got to defend for them and have a chance there. But it looks like they don't want to lose any more games with Zion sitting on the bench. So they are going to set this up, and it looks like Zion we're doing will be, a live, be able to finish this game. Yeah, we're doing yeah. a live look in now. And uh, by the way, Zion is a perfect eight for eight from the floor. So as we're watching the game, I mean, why don't you chime in? Yeah, you know, the, the, the tough thing is there's two conversations about Zion. Conversation number one is managing his health. When we talk about how many minutes should he play, that's not up to us. That's not really even up to Alvin. That's up to the medical staff. They've got a, a specific program to make sure he ramps up at a gradual pace. 
Because remember, he sat out a good 12 to 13 days without working out at all. And what we know, Rachel, is when you get fatigued, which happens when you're out of shape, you are more susceptible to injury. We heard David Griffin tell that to Lisa Salters the other day on the broadcast. And moreover, we've seen two examples, Jaron Jackson Jr. and uh, Jonathan Isaac, guys who were coming off an injury before the shutdown, came out here, played well, and then re-injured the same body part. That's not a coincidence. And so the way the, the Pelicans have been managing his minutes, uh, I think is appropriate towards their medical guidelines are. The other part of it is, he doesn't always play well on the defensive end. At least he has in the last three games. That's fair. So, well, let me say something. Let me say something about the Kings here. This is an absolute must-win game for the Kings if they have any dream at all of getting into the ninth seed and getting into a playoff tournament. And they have played that way. De'Aaron Fox has played great in this game. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who had one of the most miserable shooting games you're ever going to see in his last game, came out and hit his first six shots. This has been a highly competitive game. This is essentially an elimination game. Whoever loses this game is going to be in big trouble. Spoiler alert, the Kings already eliminated. <laughs> There's no chance. They've got no chance. I mean, chance it's funny that you kept mentioning the, the medical staff and you're saying it's not really up to Alvin Gentry, which I can definitely tell you after conversations with Alvin Gentry, it has not been up to Alvin Gentry. But, but it's not supposed to be, right? That This is why they have the medical staff they have. You worked with this medical staff. They were your medical yeah. staff when you were in Phoenix. Can you give some insight into why David Griffin trusts them so much and is basically giving them the final decision-making as opposed to the coach or even Zion himself? Well, I think the first things first is that when you give it to the medical staff, there's no pressure. We got to win this game. We got to do whatever it takes to get a guy out there. Those guys are beholden to the science before any other kind of quote-unquote political reasons why a guy should play more or less. But then the other part of this is, Rachel, they take a look at you and they do all these full-body measurements, and they can tell when you are firing your muscles in the right way or whether you're compensating, right? So back in December, when he was quote-unquote healthy, but not playing, they said, we got to reteach him how to run. Why is that? Because the way he was running and jumping was making him more susceptible to injury. So they want to fix the biomechanics before they just trot you out there to play 35 minutes. Makes sense. All right, guys, coming up, we're going to check in more on this game. We'll bring you more live looks. Coming up, though, Kevin Durant picked the Clippers to win the finals this year. Really interesting stuff. We're going to break down his prediction next. First, though, here is LeBron James. This was last night. He reacted to comments from President Trump. President Trump said that players kneeling for the anthem causes him to turn off the game and was, quote, disgraceful. Take a listen to LeBron's response. I really don't think the basketball community um, um, are, are sad about losing uh, his, his viewership. And I hope everyone, um, you know, no matter the race, no matter the color, no matter the size, would it, um, see uh, what, what, what leadership that we have in our, at the top in our country. And I uh, understand that, that November um, is right around the corner and it's, and it's a big moment for us as Americans. Um, if um, we, we continue to talk about what we want, you know, better, uh, won't change, uh, uh, we have an opportunity to do that. So, uh, but the game is, um, the game will, will, will go on without, <laughs> without his eyes on it. I, I can sit here and speak for all of us that love the game of basketball. Uh, we could care less. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. 
What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. The Jump is brought to you by Burger King. Mix and match your favorites for just five bucks. It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss. <laughs> it's a make. It's a make or miss. It's a make or miss league. Make craftiness. CJ's dancing. Mm. That's one of them. The other one is Lakers Thunder. Check out this move by CP3. Keeps Alex Caruso attached. Created the separation and hits the jumper. I mean, come on. Chris Paul's got to have the best YMC game in the league, right? Yeah, that's straight from the gospel of Steve Nash right there. To find the defender and then ram my body into him so that he can't get around and and contest on the shot. Boy, I can't believe Amin just made a 2000 Suns reference. We haven't heard that in a day or two. Chris Paul's (laughs) an expert at shooting the ball over big men. Ball, ball a couple days ago. Anthony Davis here. He's a master. Craftiest guy in the league. Was really fun to be at that game last night. All right, miss. Recognition, Grizz Jazz, dead ball during the third, and Joe Ingles joins the Memphis huddle, and nobody on the Grizzlies really seems to care or react. Brian, they're very friendly over in Memphis, right? Yeah, I think it's the collegial way he puts his arm around the guys, and he's like, hey, listen, we're all wearing throwback jerseys here. We're all having fun in the bubble. Let's, let me just let me know what your play is. I know what the play is going to be anyway. I'm going to be able to stop it or not. We'll see. Everybody loves love, Rachel. Everybody loves love. Put an arm around someone's shoulder, everyone feels good. I love all these clips of other guys doing this in other huddles, but when Joe Ingles comes, it's just there's something special about him coming over to, to join up with you guys. Obviously, some of these are received better than others, as we're seeing right now. All right, guys, make Globetrotters. The Raptors ran the magic out the gym yesterday and looked so good doing it. Look at these highlights. Um, is there a way to stop these championship guy- team when they get downhill like this, I mean? Oh, it's it's tough, right? Because they're just so such on the same page. They're such high IQ players. It kind of reminds me of the Warriors, to be honest with you, over the last couple of years. But the way to stop it is to stagnate the game and make them have to make a bucket through an ISO. By the way, the Magic are a good defensive team. They don't, they don't deserve to be clowned. They were. They were. They lost Jonathan <laughs> Isaac. We are reporting okay. what happened, Brian Windhorst. This is not okay. this, is, this is not editorial. I did not make up the score. I did not make these highlights up. These are not cartoons. This is what actually happened in the basketball game, and they got to live with it. Miss Precision. Danny Green leading the break throws a very odd lob pass. It eventually ends up in a bucket. Brian, we have more fun music playing, so that must mean it's a fun highlight. How would you describe that fast break? The biggest winner here is Anthony Davis because he gets an offensive rebound and a basket because nobody, and I mean nobody, deserved an assist on that play. <laughs> is that not a hockey assist? I got, I got no. It. I got a All assists are assist ruled out. Here. No, not in that case. <laughs> Make balance. Rudy Gobert fighting on the offensive glass. He hits the deck. And I don't know, are these breakdancing skills? I, I I don't know, Brian, what do you think? Hey, watch Donovan Mitchell here. Donovan Mitchell thinks this is hilarious. <laughs> My guess is that these two dudes have partied together. They say that they're a little bit on on the outs with each other. These dudes have been on the club floor oh, together. No. Donovan's seen the moves. 
Oh, y'all are wrong for putting in this Rudy clip, man. Come on, man. <laughs> let, let my man live. Yo, he got back. It, that's athleticism. It's a tumbler. It's called tumbling. <laughs> that is amazing. By the way, uh, my crack ace investigative reporting in the bubble is that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have been playing ping pong together. So apparently all is right with the world and they're okay Doubles again. ping pong? Not doubles ping pong because that is not allowed. Okay. And let me tell you something okay. about the ping pong tables here. They are sized in a way where they are not wide enough for doubles ping pong. So they are going to make okay. sure you do not play doubles ping pong, even if you okay. try to sneak doubles Didn't ping pong. Didn't know that right was a thing. Boom. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant is not here in the bubble, but you know, he's always talking hoops. He was a guest on the Play for Keeps podcast, and he was asked to make an NBA Finals pick. The two-time Finals MVP, he hesitated a little at first, but he did answer the question. Um, you guys are probably not going to be shocked, unlike producer Steve. He did not pick the Brooklyn Nets. Here is what he said. Quote, if I had to choose, I'll go with the Clippers and Bucks for the championship, and I'll go with the Clippers. They're just so deep. They haven't had their whole team together at once for a long time period of yet, but their talent is just undeniable. You've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard at the wings, arguably top three guys, top four at the wing position on one team. So, I mean, do you agree with Kevin Durant's pick? And do you agree with producer Steve that he should have picked his own team no matter what, even if they are the Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> yeah, let me start with producer Steve's part. No, this is ridiculous. <laughs> No, you could ask Jacques Vaughn and uh, Sean Marks right now on record and they wouldn't pick the Nets. No one's, look, we got to be realistic. There's no chance that Chris Chiotz is going to go on fire for four best of seven playoff rounds and get to the NBA championship. So now that we got that ridiculous question out of the way, let me just say this. I criticize Kevin Durant a lot on this show and other shows. And for this, I owe an apology. Because he's right. Every time he says anything, it becomes a topic. It's a topic on the jump. It was a topic on first take, on get up. He called Clippers Bucks. That is the most chalk pick in the world. There is nothing <laughs> controversial about this. Oh, you put two really, really, really good teams to maybe meet in the finals? I don't understand how we could get outraged at this at all. It's literally only no news outraged. because he's Kevin Durant. No one's out. No, the, the question was, do you agree with him? It's not, are you outraged? Sure. Come on, Brian, what do you have? Why not? Okay. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Amin, Amin's picking the 2005-06 Suns to win the title this year. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing about this is the Clippers have been favored to win the title longer than any team in NBA history. It's been 12 months now they've been favored to win the 2020 title. So it shouldn't be a surprise at all that Kevin says that. <laughs> and there you go. Well, I do want to say that this is what The Jump recommends for today. The podcast we're talking about, it's called The Tea with Fee Podcast. It's hosted by Asia Wilson, Nafisa Collier. They're from Inside the Wubble. We've had both of them on The Jump. They are just delightful and two damn good basketball players, too. They had KD on their episode talking about how his rehab is going, playing with three of the best point guards in the league at different points in his career, and so much more. So check that podcast out. All right, also coming up on this show, Greg Popovich compared Nikola Jokic to Larry Bird last night. Yes, I'm going to say that again. Greg Popovich compared Nikola Jokic to Larry Bird. We will discuss next on The Jump. Stick with us, and yes, a tomato is involved. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. 
It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. Welcome back into The Jump. We are doing a live look-in on Pelicans-Kings. Zion Williamson just checked back into the game. He's got 22 points in this game, only one rebound. But, you know, he's putting the ball in the basket. Brian's going to point out to you that he's a minus 10 for this game. But, you know, he's a rookie. Come on. You know, you know, you Rachel. Here? A lot of people, a lot of people sleep on the footwork. They just see a big guy who's moving faster at the basket. But his footwork is impeccable. How he creates space for himself. Really advanced for a kid that age. Do the Kings know he's left-handed? Because <laughs> none of those highlights showed that they did. <laughs> he's really left-handed, unlike Ben Simmons. Is that what you're saying? No. I mean, the real thing here, uh, the, the, the Pelicans are shooting over 60% in this game, and you can see the score. Yes. Um, yeah. that's, that's them in a nutshell. They just can't defend right now. And that's Zion in a nutshell. He's awesome on offense. And right now, he's just not good on defense, and the whole team is that way. You, you know, think Rachel, be, mm, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, just being off for a long time for everybody, if you look across the bubble, most of the teams defensively haven't been impressive because you can't practice team defense, right? When, when you're by yourself at home or even doing individual workouts. The rotations, the schemes, the communication, these are all rusty. And for a team that wasn't elite defensively to begin with, like the Pelicans, it's, it's darn near fatal. Well, look, Zion now 22 points. He's 10 for 11 from the floor. When you talk about his individual defense, I mean, do you think that that's more a result of, hey, he's a rookie, he's still learning how this works, or do you think that's a conditioning issue that the team is obviously still working him back up? All of the above. I think he's out of shape. But I also think it's, there's a mental rust that's going on there, as I said, from being off for so long and not practicing this. And part of that is youth. Usually young players, very rare for a young player to come in and be a great defensive player. We look at Matisse Thybul and we're like, wow, he really gets it. But he's also like a three-year, he was a third-year or fourth-year player in college, so he's got some experience under him. It's, it's stuff like this just takes time to, to absorb. Yeah, my guess is he'll, he'll uh, play a little bit more here and then sit. And then if it's still a game in the last five minutes, they'll bring him back. If it's not, if they don't close the gap, he'll be done for the day. going to be very interesting to see how they play this. With Memphis still winless here in the bubble, Memphis could just drop out. Forget like someone trying to catch them for a playing game. Memphis could just drop out of the eight or ninth seed overall. We could see the Pelicans and Blazers. We could see the Spurs. We could see quite the combination in this playing game going to be so interesting. All right. I want to get you back to the Spurs and their legendary head coach, Greg Popovich. Take a listen to what he had to say about Nikola Jokic last night. Jokic, he's like a reincarnation of Larry Bird. He does everything. He's amazing. Pop calling Jokic a reincarnation of Larry Legend. Now, I do want to note Larry was three inches shorter, played a completely different position, but, you know, anyone who has watched them both play does know what Pop meant by making that comparison. Also, I'm like 90% sure that Pop was talking about comparing Jokic to Bird as a player as opposed to as a tomato. But I can't, I can't say for sure. Uh, well done. No, I don't get it, but that'll, I'm That will be funny for years. <laughs> Brian Jokic might play like Larry Bird, but will he win like Larry Bird? What do you think? I was stunned 
to hear this quote. I thought it was a joke. I thought he wasn't being serious because Greg Popovich. You Popovich thought it was about the, the tomato. Don't don't lie. That's what you thought. <laughs> I have. I just have never. Pop doesn't throw around stuff like that. When he says something, he, it, it it is meaningful. And you know, uh, as a passer, Larry Bird was a brilliant passer, and Nikola Jokic is one of the best big men passers the game has ever seen. So I see that. Um, it's an incredible a compliment. My God, I, 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 I don't totally see it. You know, he later compared him to Moses Malone as well. Maybe that's closer because they're, they're both centers. The one thing I'll say about this, when Larry Bird had to get a basket, he got it. And the future of the Denver Nuggets in many ways is tied to whether Nikola Jokic can get a basket when the Nuggets need it. And if he can do that, then he may be a Hall of Fame player. But uh, I was just... I, I'm still a little bit at loss for words about that comparison. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to reserve the right to disagree with the great Popovich on this one. I, I just, I, other than the passing and being white, I, I don't see the, the comparison <laughs> there. Let's be honest. It's like, he's a big white guy who passes really well. But, but like Brian said, Larry Bird was a ruthless scorer. He wasn't just an, uh, uh, an aggressive scorer. He was ruthless. He put 40 on you, told you where he was going to put the 40 on you, and then after he did it, he let you know, hey, by the way, I put 40 on you. And he did it with a, lot more, colorful your language, a lot more colorful language than I'm using right now. And Nikola Jokic doesn't fit any of that descriptor. If I had to pick one guy in the league, I would go with another white guy. Luka Doncic is way more of a Larry Bird because he's got the passing, but he's also got the scoring, the shooting, and most importantly, the mouth. The ability to let you know, <laughs> I'm better than you. You can't do nothing about this, this whooping that's coming your way. All right, so maybe he was talking about the tomato. It's entirely possible listening to you two guys. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do want to stick with the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. scored 30 in that game against the Spurs. That came just two days after he posted his Ooh. career high of 37 against the Thunder. So, I mean, how does this change the Nuggets offense moving forward? Well, I mean, it definitely escalates it if this is something that he can do consistently. And that's why, Rachel, I want to say pump the brakes. I think Michael Porter Jr. has a world of talent. I think in a year or two, he might be their best or the second best player on that Nuggets team, and they'll be competing for championships. But right now, this is a guy in his rookie year who's had two great games. And I, I, I shudder that people are going to expect this of him because once you get to the playoffs, which will be his first time doing it, it's a different ball game. And while I expect him to continue to have these types of performances here or there, I don't think we're quite yet at the point where we can expect it of him on a nightly basis. Well, you know, Mike Malone, his coach yesterday, got all angry because he was like, yeah, I couldn't believe he was not in the Rising Stars game, which is a heck of a callback like six months later. <laughs> um, but here's my question to Mike Malone. If when you get your players back, because he's been missing three starters, are you going to leave Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineup? Because this is he's played his way into an interesting situation here. He's been a spot starter and been huge for them because they've been depleted. Do you trust him enough to play him at the front line in a playoff game? I, I agree with Amin. You know, Mike Malone hasn't trusted him throughout the season. He's yanked him out of the lineup time and time again. Is this something that we trust? I mean, this has actually become a bit of a dilemma. I mean, the Nuggets would like to have it because it means their starters are healthy and ready to go. But it's actually thrown a curveball into what they want to do. But this is their future. I said this the other day. They want uh, Nikola Jokic and having the floor stretched by, by, by Porter to be the future of this front court, and we're seeing it happen right here in Orlando. 
We will find out. All right, guys, coming up, we're going to look ahead to tonight's matchup with a few rounds of jump ball. We will talk about who is a tougher matchup for Luca, Kawhi, or Paul George. We will discuss that and look at a little Chris Paul here, too. You know, it's, it's nice because a lot of times during the season, it's just a good luck on your next game and you're moving and going. But uh, you're getting to build a few more relationships in here with guys, and it's usually not like that for us, so it's been nice. The only other time we see something like this is usually during an Olympics, and out of the past couple Team USAs, we have found friendships lead to super teams. Yeah, you know, I think it's funny that that's what everybody's concerned with. You know, we're more concerned about spreading our message in here and trying to gain more knowledge, trying to educate each other. You know what I mean? It ain't about super teams or whatnot. It's about continuing to educate each other and make sure that we push forward, make sure that more uh, African-Americans are in these front offices and these GMs positions and stuff like that. So that's what it is. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Saturday from the Disney bubble, we'll have another star-studded NBA matchup. Giannis and the Bucks taking on Luka and the Mavs. 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on ESPN and the app. Our coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 8 o'clock Eastern. Welcome back to The Jump. We've got some great games on the slate today, so let's preview them with a round of Jump Ball. First up, Heat Bucks. Milwaukee has the best-rated defense in the NBA, but also allows more threes per game than any other team. Hmm, math. On the other hand, Miami is the best three-point shooting team in the league. Brian, which do you trust more, the Heat's range or the Bucks' defense? Well, this is a great question, Rachel, but I can wiggle out of this one because Eric Spolstra <laughs> has said that Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic are going to be out tonight. So I'll go with the Bucks' defense. How about that for an easy one? <laughs> Amin, are uh, you going to similarly slither? No, Rachel, because this question isn't about tonight. It's about in general, and I trust the oh. Heat shooting. This is what I call the Bucks' defense. They're the Death Star. They destroy planets. It's the most unstoppable thing <laughs> in, the pl- in the universe, except... They have this one little flaw, it's this exhaust pipe, that if you shoot threes in it, it blows the whole thing up. <laughs> this is where the Bucks will be susceptible tonight, and this is where they'll be susceptible in the playoffs, whether it's to the Heat or the Raptors or whoever else they face in the East. Amin, congratulations. We've been doing this for four and a half years, and you have now said my favorite thing you've ever said on the jump, so thank you very much. That's a perfect analogy. Second jump ball. Dallas got off to a slow start in the bubble, but Luka Doncic has been lighting it up every single game. He is now facing a top five defense in the Clippers today, though. So, Amin, who is the tougher matchup for Luka? Is it Kawhi or Paul George? Bonus points for another Star Wars reference. Now, see, (laughs) here's where I am the king of hypocrisy. We're talking about tonight. Neither. If I'm the Clippers, (laughs) there's a great chance I might see the Bucks, uh, excuse me, the the, uh, Mavs in the first round. I'm not putting PG or Kawhi on Luka. I'm letting him go against Marcus Morris. I'm letting him go against Reggie Jackson. I'm saving all the good stuff for when we see them in the playoffs. 
Hmm. We're not following the rules of the game, but I will bring us back to the center and say that Kawhi is one of the hardest defenders ever because he's got incredible size and incredible hands, and you never want to have to go against him because he can outmuscle you, he can go over your top, and he can strip the ball from you. He's probably the most fearsome defender in the league right now in a one-on-one -on -one setting. So yeah, if I'm Luca, I don't want to see him today or any other day. So you're saying he's the emperor of defense and that Paul George is the Darth Vader of defense. No, no, I'm trying to take this too far. Beautiful. All right, last jump ball, Lakers-Rockets tonight. LeBron is sitting out, guys. Russell Westbrook is listed as questionable. Those sources do tell our Tim McMahon he is expected to sit. Expect a heavy dose of Anthony Davis, although he is also on the injury list, and James Harden. Brian, who scores more points tonight of these two teams or these two players? Well, I'm not taking any uh, uh, under on James Harden. I'm always taking James Harden, especially since the last couple of games he's been held under 25 points. I say market correction without Russ tonight. Watch out for the big 5-0 uh, against the Lakers. Yeah, this one's easy. One guy brings the ball up. The other guy has to wait for the ball to be delivered to him. One guy is the offensive engine that drives his team. The other guy's offensive engine is sitting out tonight. Going with Harden. This one's an easy one. Harden by a lot. Well, James Harden had 49 points in his first game here. That wasn't overtime, but that 50 piece is still, still sitting out there. So I agree. He may try to go for it tonight. All right, guys, coming up, stick with us because TJ Warren has been leading the league in scoring in the Woo! bubble. File that under sentences nobody predicted. He prepares for a little <laughs> revenge game against the Suns today. Will he outscore the red hot Devin Booker? Will he outscore cash considerations? We will discuss all of this <laughs> next. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. The Jump is brought to you by One-A-Day Natural Fruit Bites Multivitamins. Coming up later from the IMG Wubble in Bradenton, Florida, two more WNBA games for wubble, you on E2. And the app, Brianna Stewart and the Storm taking on the Atlanta Dream at 6 o'clock Eastern. And then at 10 Eastern, Azura Stevens in the Chicago Sky squaring off against Skylar Diggins-Smith and the Mercury. All right, guys. It's crunch time on the jump. The NBA and the Players Association are pledging $300 million. Let me say that again. $300 million <laughs> toward economic empowerment in the black community. I mean, what is your reaction to that? It's, it's a great next step. The first step was acknowledging that there's a problem. The second step was putting the decals and the slogans on the jerseys. Now comes the money. I'm still waiting for the political part. The part where they call lawmakers and they use their influence the way they did in North Carolina in 2017. Also, this is going to be in all 30 markets. So all communities around these teams should benefit. And that was a big, important way of the way they designed this system. I would say, I mean, that them trying to leverage the situation in North Carolina, the new law that came out of it certainly never went as far as the NBA was asking for. So those are those are hard situations. I was happy to see all of these owners involved, though, because owners have political influence and we need them 
to work for the players who work for them. All right, there's growing belief among the NBA's eight franchises that are not in Orlando that a second bubble for mini camps and intra-squad scrimmages will not happen. This is according to The Athletic, but Brian, I gotta tell you, I feel like the scuttlebit on this changes every day, therefore the reporting changes on this every day. Where do you think they are with this and do you even have any interest in a second bubble? Well, I mean, look, I have interest in anything that involves more NBA basketball, but there's a couple of stumbling blocks. Number one, the union doesn't really support it because they want full safety, just like Orlando. It's the difficult sell for some of these teams because it's going to be really expensive as well. Um, there's been all kinds of different ideas, but there's been no unifying idea, and that's part of the issue for sure in holding it back. I don't want to see these losers. Delete eight! <laughs> <laughs> Paul Pierce said that's why you got LA Fitness. You don't need to have a camera there. Just go work out. All right. The NBA today announced that the Brooklyn Nets have been fined $25,000 for failing to comply with the league's policies governing injury reporting. Brian, what else can you tell us about this? I can tell you that this is exactly what the league needs to do because if they're going to be in business with the casinos and they're going to tell people that you can bet on these games and they're going to profit from it, they have to have some transparency about who's going to play and when they're going to play. And I'm not saying you have to reveal private information about players' injuries, but we were going backwards. Teams going into this bubble were not being clear, not being honest, specifically being opaque. This is the league saying if you don't follow the rules, you're going to be penalized. And I don't know the details of what exactly the Nets did, but I support the decision and I support transparency as to who's going to play because if you're not transparent, it encourages mischief because some people are always going to have the information. Man, you just Perfect. left that out there because I love encouraging mischief, but I, I get it. I get what you mean. <laughs> All right. I mean, this topic is for you. We're running out of time, but I do want to discuss a game that is tipping off in the next hour. The Phoenix Suns taking on the Pacers in what is being billed around here as the TJ Warren <laughs> revenge game. Warren comes into this red hot against the team that traded him and the 2019 number 32 pick for cash considerations. I mean, it blew my mind when someone reminded me which direction the pick went. I just assumed the pick had gone from Indiana to Phoenix, but no, they said TJ Warren and a pick for cash considerations. How much is Suns Nation looking forward to this game? I mean, well, I mean, it softens the ball. Obviously, the Suns are playing well, but this is one of the worst deals we've seen in, in a long, long time. It's so bad that Rachel, legend has it that the Pacers were <laughs> shocked when they realized they were getting a pick in the deal. They thought they had to give up a pick. They're like, wait, you're giving us a pick? But this is par for the course in Phoenix, where we saw they sold their G League franchise to Detroit. Why? Because the almighty dollar still speaks loudest at 201 East Jefferson Street. Boy, when you hear legend has it around the Suns, you know there's something interesting coming next. Really what this is, they cleared this cap space to sign Ricky Rubio. They believe that they having a point guard there and like a quality of Ricky Rubio was more important than having a guy like TJ Warren. And so that's the two players you're going to compare in the coming years. And let's start with tonight. Let's see how, who plays better in this game, Ricky Rubio or TJ Warren. I know they don't guard each other. They don't play the same position. But I would, wouldn't be surprised if uh, TJ Warren has a little extra juice, especially since he's got the hot hand. They yes, disrespected absolutely. him and misused him for years. Uh, this is not about clearing cap space. This is about yeah. them not valuing who he was as a player. Absolutely. And look, TJ certainly has been making the most of this the past few days as he's had these high scoring totals. He's been asking how much his cash considerations scored in the box sheet, that sort of thing. Um, I don't blame him at all. 
Uh, I was on record. I didn't think he was a superstar level player in Phoenix, but he certainly is a quality NBA player. It blew my mind when I realized the details of this trade. So go out and get some for you, young man, against your former team. I'm looking forward to that. And he is leading all players in scoring since the NBA restarted. Now, we've only played a few games, but still, we've got Devin Booker not far behind on that list. So, Brian, who gets more buckets today, Devin Booker or TJ Warren? Oh, wow. Well, I have to say, I have to say, it would not surprise me if for the first time in uh, his career, TJ Warren has a TJ Warren rules defense employed on him where the entire defensive scouting report is going to be aimed at TJ Warren. So knowing that, I'm going to lean towards Devin Booker, who's used to those kinds of things. In fact, he's, he's so tired of double teams, he complains about him in the offseason. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Booker, uh, you know, gets the best of it tonight just because of the circumstances surrounding. I think Devin's going to have an excellent game, but I think TJ has an axe to grind. He wants to show them <laughs> what they've been missing out on, what they did not allow to flourish when they had it in their building. He's going to come out with a mission. And the other thing is also his team needs him to score. They don't have too many scoring That's options true. outside of T.J. Warren, so he's going to have every opportunity to get his numbers. Quick lightning round, Amin. Do you think that there is what percentage chance that the Suns can make it into the play-in game in the eighth or ninth seed here? This year? Yes. <laughs> You've seen Carlo, the standings? I don't, I, I don't you, know. You just stunned, you just stunned Amin with that one. You're giving hey, a 0% chance, a 5% chance? What are you giving me? Uh, yo, it's, Kylo, what should I give her? What's that? <laughs> like a it's, it's, 0.1%? 0.1% <laughs> according to Kylo Ren. Listen, I, I, now that the, the Kings are going to polish off the Pelicans here, like everybody and their brother is two and a half games back with four to play. It's wide open. I wouldn't say it's a high percentage, but they're in the game, and that's a huge win for them. A week ago, they were in 14th or whatever. I'm just saying. All right, our league pass game of the night, also of interest of this race to the play-in game, is Blazers-Nuggets. This is at 8 p.m. Eastern. Amin El-Hassan and Kylo Ren, finish this sentence. The Blazers make the playoff if what? If we get rid of the word if. <laughs> that's right. They're making the playoffs. You just want the Blazers making the playoffs. You believe they're making it. You're in the eight, they're going to be the AC. It. Not only are they making it, they're going to be the team the Lakers face in the first round. So, like, here's the thing. All year long, the Blazers had all this negative stuff with them with injuries. Zach Collins was out. Yusef Nurkic was out. Then Dame got hurt before the shutdown. Guess what? They are now the healthiest team in that, in that fight there because we've seen injuries, uh, you know, hit the other teams around it. Zion's on 100%. Jaron Jackson is out. Um, the Kings have been banged up or absent the whole time. So the worm has turned on them in terms of health. And if that stays, if C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard stay healthy, that firepower is huge. Plus, they have the experience. All these other teams have never done this before. So if, if everything ties and you have health and experience, you're going to go with health and experience. That's just a simple answer. Yeah, Rachel, those standings one, one, one are other, so bunched up. One, one quick thing about the strength of schedule. Remember, that's on paper. But as we saw with the Nets-Bucks game, where Giannis doesn't play in the second half, Chris Middleton doesn't play. The, the tough games not are, aren't always necessarily tough because not everybody plays. 
Absolutely. All right, real quick, just this in at the buzzer, Jimmy Butler will not play in tonight's game against the Bucks due to that sore right foot that's been keeping him out. He's missed two games in a row. Eric Spolster said Butler has had both an MRI and an X-ray. He said that in a video call, quote, at this point, it's just rest and recovery. So how long, Amin, can the Heat afford to rest him? Because they do want some playoff positioning there with the seating. Yeah, they, they've got to fight off the Indiana Pacers who are coming in hot, haven't lost the game, and obviously have T.J. Warren, who he said has an axe to grind. They've got two games against the Pacers coming up. The Heat have one of the toughest schedules left in the bubble. Um, hey, I think they hey, can- Jimmy. Jimmy's just getting ready for those T.J. Warren games, baby. He's just making sure that he's nice and rested. T.J. Warren's getting his game in shape. Jimmy Butler is getting his game in shape. Talk about must-see TV. T.J. Warren, Jimmy Butler games coming soon. We're going to do an entire special on that. I I am 100% in (laughs) on that. It is one of my favorite things going in terms of rivalries in the NBA because it's real and they do not like each other. And it is amazing. All right, guys, that is it for today. We will keep track of this race for the play-in game with all these games tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Amin. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.